Alliance 12 says, we kick off 2018, I want to ask you guys a question. I just want you to raise your hand at this question. Here it is. How many of you enjoy or even watch reality TV? Anybody with me on that? Reality TV, The Bachelor, or I don't know the other ones, but that's one of them. Okay, okay, okay. You can put your hands down. All right, here's the second question. How many of you really think, how many of you really legitimately think that what you're watching is real? Raise your hand. Do you actually think it's real reality TV? The word real is in reality. Do you think it's really happening, right? Well, here's the thing, man. The truth is, right, you got to be paying attention. you got to be paying attention. Sometimes it's hard to decide between real and fake. And I've got a couple of news articles, news posts. I want to test whether or not you are knowledgeable about real or fake. Because here's what we know. In 2017, a lot of times we heard the hashtag, you saw the hashtag, or you heard from different people on the internet or different people on TV the idea of fake news, right? Anybody with me on that? You've heard about the whole fake news idea. So I want to see... And here's what I want you to do. There's a picture that's going to come on the screen. If you think it's real, raise your hand. If you think it's fake, then uh, don't raise your hand, okay? So here's the first one. Let's look at this. Um, Indonesian man's body found inside of a python snake. That's crazy nuts, right? If you think that's real, raise your hand, okay? All right? It is true. It is real. Yes, that is crazy, right? It is real, unbelievable. Here's the second one. Check this out. Majority of American teens think that the G7 Google's thinks the G7 is Google's new smartphone. Raise your hand. You think it's real? Raise your hand. You think it's real? You think it's real, my friend? Okay, it is actually fake. It is fake. So you guys are man. You guys are with me. 2018. You got smarter. All right, let's look at this one. Here's, here's one. A study shows that humans have shorter attention spans than goldfish. Raise your hand if you think that's real. It is actually true. Are you kidding me, right? You and I, we have a shorter attention span than a goldfish. You guys ever seen a goldfish just run into the wall of their aquarium? Have you guys ever seen that? Man, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. Here, here's the last one. Check this one out. Check this one out. Your feet, you can taste garlic with your feet. Raise your hand if you think that's real news. Real news. It is true. It is true. Is that not just a little weird, right? Tasting garlic with your feet. I mean, that's just crazy. I wonder if that means that your feet end up smelling like garlic, right? And your shoes and your socks and all that kind of stuff. Crazy, crazy. Well, here's the truth is that sometimes it's hard to tell between real and fake. So here's what I know is true about all of us in the room. You might want to write it down if you're taking notes. You can be fake. You can be faked out. I can be faked out. It's just reality. It's true. You and I can be fake. And, and a lot of times, see, I, we think things are real or fake. And the reason is because sometimes it sounds real, 
sometimes it looks good. And it's like, I remember when I was a little kid, right? I got two older brothers, man, and we loved, loved watching pro wrestling on television. We were so hooked that, like, my dad, my family, he would buy, like, the WrestleMania on pay-per-view or, or Royal Rumble. Like, we're talking pro wrestling, right? And then when I found out that pro wrestling, like, I actually thought Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant were legitimately wrestling each other. Here's a picture of it. Look at those guys. Like, I thought Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, and Andre's like this big, huge guy. And I actually thought that he legitimately beat him in a wrestling match, but then I found out that it was fake, right? I found out that it was just entertainment, fake entertainment. And you know what happened when I found out that pro wrestling was fake? Dude, I was crushed. Like, it's kind of sad, right? I mean, I was so crushed that I, listen, listen, listen. I literally didn't want to watch it again. Like, I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want anything to do with it. And see, on a more serious note, that's why we're doing this series to launch a new year called Faith. But you see, sometimes people, listen up, listen up. Sometimes people believe things about God or Christianity that really just aren't true. Or sometimes we look at people that claim to be Christians, to play, that claim to be Christ followers, right? And what they say and how they live their life, they just don't really match up. And if you're, if you're reading with me, if you want to read with me, I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 7, page 972 in your Bible that's under your seat or in front of your seat. And Jesus actually spoke to this very same thing. He said in Matthew chapter 7, verse number 15, I want to read it to you. It's going to come on screen. Here's what he said. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. Listen up. He's saying, watch out for these guys who... Man, they say things that they believe are real, that they believe are true, but really they're false. And then he describes them. He says, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. I mean, Jesus kind of took it serious pretty quickly. You see, this is the very end of Jesus' first sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. This public sermon, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And at the end of Matthew 7, he says, beware of these false prophets. In other words, what you see isn't always what you get. And so what I want to do over tonight and the next couple of weeks is I want to talk about this question. What does it mean to be a real Christian? Maybe you want to write that down. What does it mean to be a real Christian? Christian. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to consider in your mind, how would you answer that question? I mean, what does it really and truly mean to be a real Christian? How would you answer that question? And what if this, Peter, what if you're wrong and think you're a Christian, but you're really not? Now, if I can, I want to have a pretty that nothing of what I'm saying to you tonight is in 
Because I want you to be able to answer that question truthfully when you leave this place. Or what is this, students? What is it? Is it possible to think that you know God, but actually you really don't know God at all? And the truth is, it is absolutely possible. And Jesus spoke to this. I want you to read this with me. It's going to come on the screen. This is one of the, if I can say that this is one of the And it literally makes me cringe when I read this passage. Here it is, Matthew 7, verse number 21. Jesus said this. Remember, this is his sermon. He's preaching it to all these people, and he says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Drive out and in your name, drive out demons, and in your name, perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now, I want you to let that sink in a little bit. Because Jesus is talking to these people, he's talking to these people, right? These are the words sent from Jesus himself, and he says, There's going to come a day when people are literally convinced, like they are convinced, they are sure, they are confident that they know Jesus. And Jesus is going to look at them, not out of judgment, not out of hatred, but out of truth, and he's going to say, I don't know you. Depart from me, because I don't know you. And then to catch the response, then they're going to say, whoa, 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 Jesus, Jesus, hold on, hold on. Come on, do you know who we are? Like, do you know that, man, like, we go to church all the time. I mean, do you know that we went on mission trips and we went to camp? Do you know that we sang songs at church and we raised our hands? And Jesus is going to look back at him and say, I don't know you. And students, that's a scary reality that a lot of They legitimately think they know Jesus, but there's no, there's no indication that there's no reflection of Jesus in and on their lives. And this is scary for a lot of people, and maybe it's scary for you. And so here's a question that I want to pose as a bottom line statement tonight. Does Jesus Does Jesus know you? And only you can answer that question. Does Jesus know who you are? And so tonight, in a couple of weeks, for this series, we're going to use these four chairs. And these four chairs, if you will, are just representative of four different types of people. They represent kind of where these different types of people are in their relationship with God or the lack thereof. And so what I want to do tonight over just a few minutes is I want to kind of tell you and define what these chairs mean. And then I want to focus on one in particular 
So, for example, chair number one, if you're taking notes, maybe you want to write this down. Chair number one, right, is the real Christian. The chair number one is the person that would say, hey, you know what? I'm not perfect, but I have committed my life to Christ. That I'm trying to do the right thing, and I'm trying to honor him with my life. That there's evidence of obedience in their life. That's chair number one, the real Christian. Then you move down the road. Let's just kind of skip a couple, and then we'll go to chair number four. Now, chair number four, right? This is the person in the room who would say, I'm not a Christian, and I'm okay with it. Honestly, this person right here, you're probably the most honest person in the room. And if I could just say, man, I am so glad you're here. Now, my hope and my prayer would be that you keep coming to yourself, you keep experiencing this family that we've got in this room, and you are so overwhelmed by the love of Jesus that eventually you move down the road to chair one. And maybe that's tonight, maybe that's sooner than, than later we hope. But that's what chair number four represents. Chair number four is the, the non-Christian. And then we move down the road to chair number two. And if you're chair number two, this is what I would say. Chair number two is kind of like this lukewarm, if you will. Lukewarm Christian. So what that means is they're not hot, they're not cold. They kinda, kinda, they're they're kind of on the fence. Maybe kind of one foot in and one foot out. really loved Jesus, but it's kind of gotten boring. Like you come into church and, you know, you come, but you're kind of complacent with things. You're kind of bored. You, you know all the stories, so you don't necessarily pay attention. You've kind of gotten casual in your relationship with God. Kind of like this, not really that big a deal. We're going to talk a lot about this tonight. This is the lukewarm Jesus actually spoke specifically to me. And then we have in chair number two, and this is where I want to focus. This is the fake Christian. And I want to say this before we talk about this chair, because I'm not a big fan of the word fake Christian. So again, I just want you to know, this is not, this, this talk is not to be judgmental. We just want to be honest with with four different types of people. Now, the fake Christian, when it comes to the fake Christian, right, this is a person that thinks they're a follower of Christ, but they're really not. I mean, maybe there was a moment in your life where you uh, you prayed a prayer. Maybe you even walked down an aisle at maybe a different church, or maybe here at Club Center. But there's been no change in you. There's been no evidence of you actually making that decision. And you see what's, honestly, chair two and three, I can kind of sit in the middle because chair two and three are very, very similar. They kind of look a lot like, they look a lot alike on the outside, right? They claim to be Christians, but really, if you think about it, they're more so living in, in the world. You see, for a fake Christian, chair number three, they kind of base their relationship with God on someone else. So what I mean is maybe they base their relationship with God on their parents. 
or maybe they base their relationship with God on an older sibling, or maybe it's even kind of like a emotional experience where maybe you were at Gideon one year or at summer camp one year, and you made this decision and you thought you were choosing the right thing, but there's been no change. There's been no difference. When people are looking at your life saying, they can't really go any farther, I, I need you to just, because this is real stuff, okay? One of the biggest lies that the enemy wants you to believe in 2018 is that you're essentially not worthy. He wants you to think that you are, because that's how he works. The Bible says that he's the father of Chairs two and three really frustrate me. They frustrate me, right? Because for other chairs like chair number one, these two kinds of people live a lie. They live in a way that deceives the world and the people and the relationships around them. And it's really sad. It's really sad because they claim. So that's why you hear a statement like, man, Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. And maybe some of you have said that before. Maybe you've thought that before. And don't get me wrong. Christianity, like you said, it's not about perfection. It's about stumbling forward. Because none of us are perfect. That's why Jesus came. That's why the cross is so powerful and so amazing. Because through the cross, through something we didn't do, we've been given freedom in this is a beautiful, beautiful thing. But they'll say things like, Christians are hypocrites. And I think what they ultimately mean by that is a quote that I found by this author. I want you to look at this. It says this, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny Him by their If you do a little research on the word hypocrite, what you'll 
it's a Greek word. And it was meant to, I want to read this to you, it means an actor or a stage player. And so it makes more sense when you learn that actors in ancient Greek theater, they wore these large masks, right, for their, their acting show, and, and, and they would play this character that was interpreted by the story from underneath this mask. So you literally couldn't, you couldn't tell who they were. They were telling the story and being the character under this large mask where you couldn't see who it was. And the truth is, a lot of us, in different arenas of life, we wear masks too. Maybe we, we, we wear masks because we're afraid. Maybe we wear masks because we don't really like who we are. For example, some of us, we wear the, the I'm fine mask. Right? The I'm fine mask, which hey, somebody comes up, hey man, how are you doing? And, and your world's kind of falling apart, and you just say, oh man, I'm great. No big deal here, everything's great, I'm fine, it's awesome, when really deep down inside, that you're struggling. You're struggling with some things happening in your life, you're struggling with your family, you're struggling with relationships or friendships. And see, we just put on this I'm fine mask because we want everyone to or maybe you put on the the, uh, the fit-in mask, right? I remember for me when I was in high school, actually two days before my senior year in high school, I decided that as a senior in high school, man, this is going to be like my standout year. You know what I'm saying? And so I went to this local thrift store, and nothing against thrift stores. I think they're awesome. I think you can get some great things at Goodwill and thrift stores. But I went to this thrift store, and I bought two things. I bought a mustard yellow pair of tennis shoes, and, and I bought this white short sleeve button-up shirt that on the top of this pocket said Walmart, and on the top of this pocket it said Bob, as if I was Bob that worked at Walmart, right? And I walked into school my first day of senior year, man, and I, you know, people are laughing, they're cutting up, they're like pointing, and you know, I'm kind of laughing, because I'm trying to fit in, I'm just trying to stand out my Honestly, a good buddy of mine walked up to me and said, hey, bro, can I be real with you? I said, yeah, sure. Dude, you look ridiculous. Right? I mean, he was honest with me, but I was just trying to fit in. And, and maybe that's a mask that you find yourself wearing too. Maybe you try to identify your appearance. Maybe it's by the behavior or the way you act around certain groups of people. But maybe for you, you're like me. This is really personal to me, too, because in my life, when I was in middle school and the majority of high school, could be characterized by one word, faith. See, I grew up in the church. I was in church all the time, every Sunday, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. My parents had me there. I went there. I was there. It was awesome. But there was no change in my life. I remember I was seven years old, man, and I walked down the aisle, and I in Christ. Maybe it was because I was too young and I didn't fully understand. Maybe it was just ultimately I wasn't really that interested. I wasn't interested. Not until I was 17 years old. When I was 17 years old, I realized that my life didn't reflect Jesus. And my attitude didn't toward him. That I disrespected my parents and teachers. That I wasn't really 
ready to bend to conform. And I got convicted. And I was at a camp in Panama City Beach. And that's when I decided to take off and preach the gospel. And I'm not perfect. I'm far, far from But I can say that I desire to be transformed. But what about you? I mean, the first question we ask is what does it mean to be a real And to answer that, I would say simply this obedience. To be a real Christian, it means you are marked by obedience. That you're fully surrendered to Jesus, your thoughts, your actions, your emotions. That you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Notice I didn't say anything about being perfect. I didn't say anything about being sin-free. I didn't say anything about not doing the wrong thing. But you truly want to be obedient. And you know, Jesus spoke to this very thing. I love this because he's coming to the end of his time. And he preached in chapter 5 about different things. And he preached in chapter 6 about some different things. Then he comes to chapter 7 and he's at the very end of the sermon. This is kind of like the whole, like, save the best for last, which I don't think is truly accurate because I think everything Jesus had to say was the best. But this is what he says. He tells this story. He tells this parable about two different types of people. And he says it like this. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Therefore, anyone who hears these Anyone who's obedient to what I say. Does anyone who hears these words of mine, remember he's preached chapter 5, he's preached chapter 6, this the end of chapter 7, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, he is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. What is the rock? The rock is Jesus Christ. The rock is Jesus Christ. It's not how many times you come to church this morning. It's not do you sing these songs. It's not do you take notes. It's not do you go to this event or that event. It's not do you pray at night before you go to sleep. The rock, the foundation, everything is built on Jesus Christ. Jesus is this rock. He is the real rock. And he says that person is like a man who builds his house on a rock. Look at what he says. The rain came down, the trees rose. And the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. Then he talks about another person. For everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house If you're answering the question, what does it mean to be a real Christian? Obedience. Your life is marked by obedience. And here's what obedience looks like as we come to the end of tonight. Obedience is simple. Number one, obedience requires repentance. Now, the Bible teaches that to follow Christ, we have to repent. We have to turn away from sin, kind of like this 180 degree turn. Like we're going this way and we turn our back on sin. And now we're headed towards God. We're going towards God. We're trying to be obedient to God. It, re- it means that we 
It doesn't mean that we know all the answers. It doesn't mean that we understand everything. But it means that we faithfully put our faith in Jesus. Faith is, by the Bible's definition, being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't have. We may not get everything about this life, about this Christianity and journey, but we put our faith in Jesus. And lastly, obedience means that we go places. It means that we, our relationship 